0: Everyday Peacemakers are not professional humanitarians. We're everyday people who are learning to see God and ourselves and others. We're daring to step off the road of comfort and immerse into reality. In the face of injustice, conflict, and violence, we are choosing to contend, not by getting even, but by getting creative in love. Everyday Peacemakers are everyday people who are embedded within a world divided by difference. And these are our stories. Welcome to Everyday Peacemaking a global immersion podcast hosted by me, Haley Mitsui, John Huckins, and Jair Weigart. And as always, we're going to ease into this week's conversation with a question of the week. Let's get started with our question of the week. Ooh, (laughs) clickety-click. Out of the die. Okay. Do you remember your first job?
1: I sure do. I'll (laughs) never forget it. Thanks for asking, Haley. Uh, It was at the Salinas Golf and Country Club, and I was hired on to renovate and revolutionize their range ball picking up strategy.
0: Oh, wow. How old were you?
1: Fifteen and a half. Just old enough to get a worker's (laughs) permit. And was the system
2: beforehand like you would run out there with a hockey
1: helmet? (laughs) hockey helmet and this little plunger, picking them yeah. all up. And then, no, so i I was the guy who drove in the the golf cart out there that was just shrouded in a cage. And there was a slice of open cage about three inches from the from the where your feet sit oh to your mid ankle. And this is what my life looked like. I was the poor sucker out there who had to pick up every freaking ball on that range. And then I would look at the people hitting balls, and they'd all be cracking up, trying to hit that three-inch gap and pop <laughs> yeah. me right in the ankles. And every like three weeks, someone would get it through there and hit that ankle bone that pops out, and they would oh, just wail in laughter. And I would yell at them, oh. "Mother!" No, I, I would. I, I was too innocent to use bad words, but that was me. That is
0: amazing. Wow. Was I, this, I, and after, sorry, I just have one more question. I just have a lot please. of questions.
2: No, we might. Was, we,
0: was this a purely after school job, or like how many hours a week were you picking up balls out here in the? Oh,
1: I mean, field? fifteen to twenty hours court? a week. Yeah, and wow. uh, I worked there for four years. Became wow. the uh, clubhouse manager at one
2: point. Wow, man! Wow, and, and I, an American
0: I'm, success story. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy
2: to suspend some of my time for just one more question here. Jeez. <laughs> question being, you started this by saying you were your task was to revolutionize <laughs> the ball picking up process, and we haven't gotten to how you fixed the problem of the little ankle hole.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought that up. It really, it was just as a way to try to frame the job as
2: more significant
1: than it was. <laughs> it so was like exactly the solution what i just wasn't described. like
2: steel-toed boots or like patch no. the hole
1: no my 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 solution was get promoted so i didn't have to do that anymore <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then laugh this, at the
1: poor suckers that took over
2: to this day there's that same card is out there poor little yep. suckers got bruised ankles <laughs> and now i go out there and try to hit them oh man Uh, I'll be brief. I had a paper route and then quit promptly when I recognized you weren't allowed to throw the newspapers uh, like the video game. And so then
1: I always thought that's how you did it.
2: Well, and then no, because people are particular where they want their paper every morning. It's crazy, like inside the door or, you know, whatever it is. And then, uh, and then I became a lifeguard at a resort
0: and that Mm. was fun. I can just imagine Jer lifeguard. (laughs) How old were you? Would would
2: love that mental picture. <laughs> uh you know, I was I, I did it from the time I was 16 to the time I was 18.
0: Okay. Nice. Yeah,
2: just just a summer job. Saved a lot of lives, no saved. doubt. <laughs> I saved copious amounts of lives. <laughs> you can imagine.
0: Um, my first job, I mean, yeah, no, my first job. Uh, I worked at a summer camp when I was in high school, but I paid to do that. I did not get paid to do that. So my first paying job was i worked at starbucks um when i was 17 and my little claim to fame there is they did have to like sign a special waiver because they don't typically hire people under 18 but they really loved me so Mm -hmm. um i got hired there and i worked there my senior year and i hated coffee and so that was actually not maybe the perfect job for me but Um, It made me feel very grown up working at a Starbucks. Well,
1: and as a Pacific Northwesterner, that is very, very
0: stereotypical
1: of what one's first job should be.
0: And of course, like now my I have, you know, my uh, my anti-establishment leaning. So at the time, Mm -hmm. Starbucks was a little bit more local. Now, with it being this global conglomerate, I'm less Mm. proud of that being my first job. But, you know. We all have a story. We all have a journey, and we all have a past. We're all
2: on our way, aren't we? (laughs) We are. (laughs) Thanks be to God. We are looking forward to
1: sharing with you a song uh, that our friend Derek Rice, an everyday peacemaker who's been part of this community from the beginning, wrote that is very connected to how to navigate this election season as a follower of Jesus, and we're going to hear his artistic process that led up to it, so we're going to jump into that conversation now. All right, I am thrilled to uh, introduce all of you listening in to my friend Derek Rice. Thanks for being here, brother. Oh yeah, my pleasure, man. So on this uh, Everyday Peacemaking podcast, we are uh, we're interviewing folks we consider everyday peacemakers who are using whatever God has gifted them in the form of art and word and business skills to live out this restorative work in the world. Derek Rice is someone who, through his art of music, is able to interact with modern-day realities, put them into words that help us internalize uh, and process through so much of the brokenness in, I would argue, very healing and restorative ways. And so, I am thrilled that we get to have this conversation as friends. Derek and I have been friends and church mates for about 10 years and um, been gifted by your music. Would you want to offer any more Introduction of yourself and what's compelled you to musical art as peacemaking in this way, and maybe anything about your fam and context. Wow, that was that was
3: quite an introduction. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> and it's actually quite humbling. Um, yeah, I'm Derek, and uh, I'm a worship leader for 20 plus years. Written songs to help the community worship God, and done that with my wife. Been, been married over 17 years now, two little girls, a part of our life as well. And I think that my response with music and worship, a lot of it has to do with what our community has been going through at the moment. So I try to respond in song to what's going on around around us. For credit to you, John, like introducing me to a whole new world of injustices that are around me that, that need the peace of God and saying how can we be that everyday peacemaker going to israel palestine and down to tijuana and you introduce me to a whole new reality i think the question was dang how am i supposed to deal with this what am i supposed to do everything felt forced i guess and and then i thought well what if i just do the thing that i do anyway but just help with the parad- like shift the paradigm slightly and use music as a response to these questions and see if it can help people. And so that started the journey um, really in the last uh, six years or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And that's so good, man, because I I mean, we personally have been gifted by that as a way to process so much of the pain of our world. Uh, it's, It's almost a cathartic experience. We all can give the bullet points as to why we need to argue one way or the other based on X conflict or issue. But there's something about music that moves us into our soul uh, that helps us see the world with a different lens. And, uh, you know, right now as this is being recorded and and we'll play. We're in the midst of election season. And something we've been talking a lot about is what does it mean to embrace a conflicted allegiance? Understanding our primary allegiance is always to the kingdom of God. But we also have a citizenship here in the U.S., that needs to be leveraged on behalf of those on the underside of power. Um, you've been interacting a bunch with me on that, and uh, and you've crafted a song out of that content. Would you give a little a little preview as to what you're going to play us here, and, and what was the process you went on to to write this song through the lens of being a peacemaker?
3: I think one of the the ways that I end up approaching writing is I try to make it as personal as possible, so that it's not me trying to propagate a message or um, be preachy. But it's how do I honestly respond? So when I was thinking about the idea of the conflicted allegiance, um, we're citizens. Um, we've we pledged our allegiance to a flag. I've done it every day in school when I was growing up. And yet, when we stop and reflect and look back, and but I've also pledged my allegiance to the kingdom of God. And are there conflicts there? So. I began to explore that idea uh, in my own life and discovering that so many times we pledge allegiance to things and not even aware of what we're doing, not even aware of what it means. So I can pledge allegiance to capitalism and not even understand, you know, the ramifications of that. Or I end up pledging allegiance to violence, thinking I'm doing it in the name of Jesus, uh, doing it in the name of God for, you know, redemption of a place or to bring peace. Um, And I think the call for me was to keep going back to uh, the love of Jesus. How are you bringing us in? Um, And so the prayer is, Jesus, draw us into your love.
1: So would you be willing to play this song, this inaugural playing of Conflicted Allegiance song that you've written?
3: Yeah, let's do it.
4: Weight is this what we've made. We're tense and we're scarred. This empire of states are tingled in faith, and we call it God. I have pledged to rock its red glare. I have pledged with bombs bursting in air. I have pledged to the cloth and the colors. This I confess. Draw us into your love, Christ Jesus. Draw us into your love. claw, I have doubted your gentle grace, this I confess, draw us into your love, Christ Jesus, draw us into your love. loving mercy come change our sight and teach us how to see teach us how to see draw us into your love Christ Jesus draw us into your love Draw us into your love. Draw us into your love. Draw us into your love.
3: Derek Rice, everybody. Wow, man. Oh, thank you very much. I would like to mention that I did co-write that song. I had help with uh, with my friend Dan Erickson, mm-hmm. who we we talked through this topic over and over again and came up with that song. Wow,
1: such a gift. Thanks, my friend. Hey, we have a, we still have about five minutes to to be together. And I want to ask, you know, a lot of times, peacemaking is uh, seen as something that happens only around diplomatic uh, negotiations or something that happens in the middle of conflict zones. And so much of what we're talking about being everyday peacemakers in the community this reflects are literally everyday people using what we have in the context we happen to find ourselves in to be reflective of God's restorative work in the world. And how how would you say that this—I want to hear about your process of developing this song through that lens. Like, I understand you as someone who sees yourself as an everyday peacemaker who uses your art of music to participate in God's restoration. How would you interact with that and how was how did that inform your process of how you developed this song?
3: Sure um, I mean the first thing I think of is I, I think what what hinders what hindered me before and maybe what hinders other people is the idea that it, it seems so insurmountable it seems so big to be this peacemaker in the in the way of Jesus and I think by by saying well what do I already do that I can, Shift the paradigm slightly. It made it a lot smaller uh, in a way that I could engage with it. Um, so it's it's the small things of you know how do I write a song as a prayer um, that can just be personal, or how can I pay attention to my surroundings in a way that I maybe noticed injustices that I didn't see before, um, and what is god have to do or god have to say about that um, so it becomes little small interactions uh, with a conversation with a neighbor um, hearing a story about something that happened at the border um, and and then bringing other friends involved that are also artists and saying do you care about this and they're they're like my friend dan and he's like i absolutely care about this um then then what can we do um and we've worked on a few projects like this dan and i um, that have been not only healing for ourselves, but healing for others when they get to maybe uh, we, we give words to something that they've desired to pray or they've desired um, to express but didn't know how. Yeah. Um, is a way that we've approached it. Yeah.
1: So good. Something else that really pops for me in that song is that you're talking about really heavy stuff. I mean, you're saying some strong. You're making us aware of some ways that our allegiance has been compromised, um, but you're communicating it in a very confessional way. You're not pointing fingers of judgment, you're inviting people into your process of repentance. And you know as we talk about peacemaking, that that, ju- that there's something significant about that. Is there anything you would add to why? Why have you approached it that way, and why should we consider that for our own practice?
3: I think that there's there are moments where um, I think as a country and as a people we tend to put on ourselves the the generation of blessing that has come in a way I guess um, so like the good things that have happened that we actually had personally nothing to do with um, we've had freedom in this war or we've um, we've fought for civil rights here but it's all before our time and we take pride in those things but when it comes to the, the systematic injustice that is before us say, well, I'm not a racist or I have nothing to do with that. There's no ownership. Um, and so I think of that process that there has to be humility in taking ownership for also the burdens that we've experienced as a group.
1: Uh, as, we, as we close up, what would you say as a word of encouragement or blessing to others uh, specifically artists probably, but any, anyone that's seeking to be an everyday peacemaker as to how and um, why they should live into their gifts and and allow those to contribute to God's re- restoration in the world.
3: I think uh, pay attention to things that already make you come alive and try to look at it through a new paradigm. So it's not that you're going out and saying, well, how can I be a speechwriter now to you know fight this issue? I've never been a speechwriter before. Uh, but it's like, how can I use what I'm already uh, giving my energy towards and say, well, how can this be used towards the kingdom of God and towards peacemaking? Um, and it can be just as simple as that. It, it simply takes creativity. It, it takes creativity to take these small steps forward and have conversation with people, especially find find um, an alliance with someone who <laughs> there there is a similar flow that can help with that creativity.
1: Well, thanks, Derek Rice, for being a friend and being a partner in this everyday peacemaking community and for bringing this art to all of us, especially in this moment of the election season as we try to engage it, not just as political activists, but as followers of Jesus seeking to be whole. Thanks for
3: being with us, my friend. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me.
0: I think Derek came, like, just started that interview with. With something that I think is so key, which was that the well, two things. One, you know, after after going on some of our immersion trips, and and everyone has that question, what am I supposed to do? How do I how do I process this? And for those who haven't been on an immersion trip, I mean, this is translatable to any any experience of impact that you have. You ask yourself this question, what do I do with this experience? And oftentimes we we think we have to become an expert in something else or become someone else in order to be impactful. So maybe we go to the border and we see what's happening and then we think we have to become immigration lawyers because we care so deeply about what's going on. And possibly yes, some of us are being called to to be immigration lawyers. But I love Derek's res- response, which was, "Well, I'll just do what I already do. I'm already a songwriter. I already translate what I see in the world in the world into art. How can I now use this this avenue as as a way for me to to bring people into this experience that I've had?" And it's so simple, but I think it's a step that so many pe- that trips so many people up because again they think they have to become someone different in order to make an impact. Where the the answer, or the truth is, you just have to take a look at what the tools you already have and how can you maybe re implement them in ways that have different impacts. So I love that he just came out of the gates with with that um, with that little nugget.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, naturally, the thing that came to my mind in that regard is the story of um, of Moses by the burning bush in Exodus three, and this, like, Moses feeling like God was inviting him into an impossible situation, and Moses saying, "Well, like, what am I gonna do? Like, how, what am I gonna use?" And the question that God asks is, "What's that in your hand?" All right, and it's this weathered, sweat stained staff of a shepherd. Yeah. And God's like, yeah, I'm going to use that thing. I'm going to use the thing that's already been in your hand that already has the shape that has a familiar feel to you. I'm going to repurpose it though. Uh, and we're going to redeploy this restoratively. And, um, and I think we see that throughout the scriptures over and over again, is that, uh, God is never looking for the qualified or, uh, the, the equipped God is looking for the, the, for the available. And then says, what's in your pockets, what's in your, what's in your bag, what's in your tool chest?" yeah, let's, let's use those. And, um, we're going to use those to, to, um, to set people free and, and restore broken things. And so I loved how simple, because he, in, in that Derek took, he even said this, like the overwhelming reality of all the broken things. And when he started to ask the question, well, what do I, what do I already do? What if I, what if I did that with more restorative intent? He said it shrunk. It didn't make the problem smaller, but it probably right-sized Derek's understanding of how the spirit was inviting Derek to enter into the story restoratively. And I just thought that was beautiful. Again, that's the essence of everyday peacemaking.
1: That's it. And that and that's the stuff when people like him live into who they're created to be, then the rest of us benefit from it too. I mean, just like the way that Derek, rather than force himself into, um, into another mold to communicate the same message. He stays within what he has been given, and when you're when you're working, when any one of us is working out of who we're made to be, it just sings metaphorically and literally louder uh, and more true than in any other context. And when that guy is in a room, you know, oftentimes he's soft spoken. If he's not behind a, a mic singing, you get him behind a mic, and he's poured himself into these lyrics and this experience. It draws us. Uh, It draws us to the reality of our world. It draws us, it gives us a vision of God's restoration. It's a remarkable gift when we
2: all step into what we've been given.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And and I think that's what makes this all sustainable, right? Because if everyday peacemaking means that we have to go get a new set of tools or, you know, and we're obviously we're a training organization and so we're fierce advocates for capacity building and strengthening your skill sets and this or that, but like if everyday peacemaking was a whole new set of equation or set of variables to an already exhaustive equation it's not sustainable if everyday peacemaking is reimagining how we show up every moment of everyday wherever we live work and play suddenly it's not a thing that we do it's a reality that we are it's who we've become and are becoming and, uh, and, and everyday peacemaking becomes this rhythmic expression of our lives. And in some cases, like for Derek, Derek doesn't write songs every single day, but there are these moments where maybe they feel a bit more poignant and the spirit invites him to do a, do that one thing to mark a moment. And that's what I love too, is, is Derek as a everyday peacemaker, singer, songwriter and worship leader is that part of the. Part of the skill that he brings, or part of the invitation as an everyday peacemaker, is to do this out loud in front of a community of people, um, and add add lyrics and rhythm and sound and music to a moment in time to, in some ways, um, make it a sacred remembrance. Like we will, we can return to this song, and every time we do, we're going to remember that t- that that time that God invited us into that thing, or that time that God did that thing restoratively. So it's really it's really cool. I, I can't over um emphasize the sustainability of showing up with what we have in the moment in time listening to what the spirit is telling us to do and and redeploying what we already have
0: yeah and we you know you always i feel like it's very christianese to to talk about the you know we're all all different parts of the body but i feel that very much in in derek's contribution is is that it's such a necessary part of the body and some people their giftings are teaching or or articulating things you know and and change i don't know like how do i say this i think our our western mindset is so hyper attached to the brain and so we think that the brain is the way that that we change our mind or that the brain leads the way and in, for some people that's true, for other people it's the heart or it's the body. And so when you introduce um, music and art that embodies um, this transformation or this way of peacemaking, it actually allows a whole new group of people to be invited into an experience. And I think a group of people that often, often get left out because our Western mindset is so focused on head knowledge and not necessarily heart, heart knowledge or knowing. And so um, hearing Derek translate the experiences and we'll have to make sure I'm pausing so that you can take this out if this isn't true. We'll have to make sure that we link to Derek's other songs that he's written about his experiences with global immersion, because I think it could actually, you know, um, it could reach people in a way that some of our other, you know, writings or teachings like don't. So I think it's so such an important contribution.
1: I think too, you know, that oftentimes like Christian, uh, worship songs are about prayer and praise. And and it's, it kind of lifts us out of the realities of the world. So we can think of another world that, is coming or is up in the cloud somewhere, which there might be some merit to that. But there's something about Derek's work, and I think this is true of of peacemaking. Peacemaking is not passive. It's not ignoring the brokenness of the world. It's actually confronting it. It's acknowledging it so that we can be part of healing and God's restoration. And, th- and so th- this song specifically was so focused on acknowledging a pain, a brokenness, and confessing rather than pointing fingers and saying, here's the answers, Here's where you need to go. Here's where you need to change. Derek was simply inviting people into his own confessional journey, uh, but doing it in a way that a that a community can join in that chorus with him. And and that's what formation looks like. That's discipleship journey. And that's and that's a different it's a different portal, like you said, Hales of the brain, to do that in song and collective confession,
2: uh, than than someone lecturing at us how to think. Thanks for raising up confession, John. Because I. I... I um I I wonder in the in the grid of see, immerse, contend, and restore, where would we place that that internal? Because uh, I mean, he's doing it. He's he's doing. He's also singing, and so this is leading a, a community in the practice of confession. Mm-hmm. But you're right; the song is a personal experience of confession, and it almost made me wonder: like, is once we've seen and immersed. Is a part of the way in which we contend for our own and one another's flourishing and restoration, this act of confession. Is confession is, is confession a contend practice? Right? And and is it necessary in order to unleash us into the creative love that we always talk about? Like if we if we see and immerse but don't confess how we are complicit to what's broken, does it actually hold us back from joining in the creativity that's gonna bring about restoration? so
1: good to have Derek Rice with us today on the podcast to help us understand that we all have tools that we can utilize for peace when we repurpose them for the sake of God's restoration in the world. And it might look like music, it might look like business savvy, it might look like art, it might look like speaking. We all have them. Let's embrace them and give them away because that's when God does God's best work. So friends, God's restoration is happening. Now, go participate in it and know that you're not alone.
3: For more information on the work of Global Immersion, visit globalimmerse.org. Music in this episode was by King's Kaleidoscope and The Eagle and Child. This podcast is produced by Global Immersion and Adventure Vision Productions. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your excellent podcasts.